Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Brian, and today is Thursday, April 27th, 2023, and this is episode 385 of the Lots Project podcast, a daily look inside our journey to live outside the systems of control. And it is Thursday. Thursday. Why is it so dark in here today? Interesting. Interesting. It's a dark day, guys. It's a dark day. How are we doing? It's dark. It's cloudy. It's going to rain today, I believe. Uh, Corey and I are uh, heading to um, the laundromat, I believe. I think uh, Corey wants to experience the laundromat, so she's going to get that today. Uh, what else are we talking about today? Uh, yesterday, we took a, uh, a date day. A date day. Carrie was here in the morning. He stuck around for a while. He took off. And then Corey and I went out on the town. And I will tell you all about it. It was a, um, it was a good day. It was a good day. We uh, made several stops, I guess. Several? Three or four, I think. Uh, we'll go through it. We'll talk about it. And um, yeah, what else? Oh, my notes are missing now. Oh, cool. And uh, yeah, it was good. It was fun. And uh, might have had a little bit extra fun, but no worries, no worries. I am here bright and shiny. And we are drinking uh, new coffee today. Just opened it and up, oh, light Guatemalan. Almost couldn't remember what it was. Just straight light Guatemalan, and it is fantastic. It's fantastic. I, uh, I see you guys having a big old chat there in the <laughs> big old chat. Already this morning, scrolled back up, and uh, James dropped the first comment at 5 to 2. James, the show starts at 6. <laughs> and I uh, really appreciate Mike the Philippine Nomad dropping in the Ricky Bobby quote, and there rolls in Pip at 3. You guys do realize I start at 6, right? You don't need to hang around on YouTube for, uh, for 4 hours. Morning, Mike. Morning, Josh. Morning, James. Hope you're listening. And uh, old backdoor butcher, how's it going, Kyle? How is everyone doing today? Oh, <sighs> we had a uh, interesting, interesting um, question of the day yesterday. Uh, we asked it in the asked it in the morning. I'm sorry, a little just distracted by how dark it is. <laughs> um, morning, Robin. How you doing? I. Uh, I asked it in the morning. Oh, yeah. you can. Oh. oh, look at that. That's what happened. My wife is beautiful and she's very smart. Um, yesterday, I well, normally I unplug the my ring light that's behind the, the camera. And um, and when I unplug it, it resets the settings. So when I plug it back in and hit go, it's on the brightest setting. Well, yesterday, for some reason, I didn't unplug it. I guess I had my phone charger with me. I actually didn't use my phone much at all yesterday, which is cool. Took a bunch of pictures. Shouldn't say that. Took a bunch of pictures. Um, and uh, never unplugged the ring light. So when I turned it on, it was already at the low setting. But I automatically, when I click it, I start clicking it down because it hurts my eyes when it's all the way up. And it hurts Corey's eyes. So try to automatically turn it down while it started where it should have been. And then that's why it was so dark. My wife, she figured it out. Not me. Not me. I just would have sat here and been in the dark. And been upset about it the whole time. <laughs> Morning, Robin Hosteen. How's it going? You got sourdough starter on the rise. That's good. Is it the starter? I never made bread. You made bread, but you didn't make it with starter. You just made uh, homemade bread, right? Never done the done, never done the starter. We did lots of kombucha. That's that was fun with the with the scoby mother and all that. It was really good. Um, <laughs> Kyle says he needs to get a ring light. Currently have two lamps pointed at his face for the podcast. Uh, yeah, go to uh, Walmart, dude. Walmart, they're super cheap. Uh, they have a bunch of different sizes and styles. They come with like tripods on them. They are super cheap though. Uh, Josh had the same one that that I had, and when he showed up, his uh, he had to like re-solder together his controls, and I'm like, dude, that was like fourteen dollars. 
I think you paid yourself way, way too little to fix that ring light. Uh, Robin says she's got a fridge full of starter. This will be a poulet. <laughs> um, oh, I can't remember what they used to call me. The the Mexican dudes at work used to call me um, something. It was it was white. It translated to white bread. And I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I think it was bolio or something like that. Bolio. Bolio. It's a white bread from Mexico. <laughs> they called the white guy white bread. Weird. And I was cool with it. I don't give a shit. Should have heard some of the stuff I called them. Then they didn't care either. Wow, that's hot that time. Whew. Oh, Robin says the starter takes place to the east. Look at that. We're learning. We are learning. Um, <laughs> we are learning this morning. Robin giving bread lessons. Um, and so you can't make sourdough with yeast, Robin. Um, is that the... Can you make a starter? Like, you have to start it somehow. Like, I had to get SCOBY from... Um, vinegar scoby from already, already established. Um, Backwoods Butcher says they called me light Guatemalan. <laughs> a very good possibility. We had Guatemalans, Ecuadorians, um, and Mexicans from all over Mexico that I worked with. I learned a lot about uh, Central American culture that, uh, um, <laughs> Pan Blanco. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they were lying to me the whole time, and I just never knew it. They were calling me something much worse than uh, than what I what I actually thought. But anyway, let's get to that perfect cup question of the day. Get that done, and then roll into the history segment and uh, talk about our day. All right, everyone, it's time for the 64th edition of the Perfect Cup, a daily question and my thoughts. Join the discussion in my Telegram group at t.me slash lots chat. That's t.me slash lots chat. And uh, participate if you don't want to join the Telegram group, which I suggest you do because it's a great bunch of people. We uh, talk about a wide variety of things. You can find it on social media the day before. I'm starting to throw it out and uh, and tally up the comments. I had some comments yesterday uh, over on socials, but they were longer, longer than all the comments that I got combined. So I kind of had to put that one on hold just for time's sake in the show. But I gather up all those answers, take a look at them, evaluate them, bring them to the show. And then I also pitch in my thoughts. Perfect cup question of the day today is, is medical advancement and extended lifespan a good thing? Should we keep people alive? And what's the limits? I think we're getting into that. Um, I think we're getting into this territory with this question of, yeah, it's it's good. But how long? It's a good thing. Medical advancement's a good thing. But but how far? How far? Um when people's bodies die away and if we figure out a way to keep their brain alive, um, it's the old, can we keep the brain alive till we can figure out how to fix the body? Nah, I don't know. I don't know. And then you roll into uh, religious aspects of it and um, belief systems and things like that. And it just gets, um, it gets messy, it gets messy. But I was more referring to the, you know, let's keep grandpa alive because we can't let him go. We have the medical ability to keep somebody alive long past where they're having a quality of life, long past where they want to be alive. Um, and for what? Now, you see the 104-year-old woman. I watched a TikTok the other day. I think she was 104, wasn't she? That lady that uh, the guy was interviewing his grandma? Yeah, I think she was like 104. They thought she was going to die for the last like 30 years, but she just keeps rocking. Um, doesn't really take care of herself all that healthily, anything. Uh, and it's just, and she's full of life. Well, they didn't really help keep her alive. I'm sure technology has helped keep her alive but they weren't they weren't intentionally stringing her out to 104 for some god awful reason uh she was just kicking and having fun uh cool that's great i'm glad she didn't die when she was 40 
when she had a huge, massive heart attack and healthcare system uh, and medical advancements were able to um, bring her back because um, they said that they had read, read her her last rites. The heart attack was so bad. So they read her the last night. She was like 40 uh, and now she's 104. So that kind of tied into this um, medical advancement and extending lifespans. I imagine if she if she had had that heart attack in 1850, she probably would have died. Um, maybe, maybe. Um, Kyle says, my wife deals with it constantly at the hospital, seeing family members just keeping people alive who are gone. Yeah. And and when I asked the question, see, the question came randomly from a list. Um, I didn't think it up specifically, but as I was looking through the list and it really dove home to me the the correlation with that. And and really it got asked in the in the group in the chat. Someone said, well, what do you mean by this? What do you mean? And I kind of laid it in there as quality of life. But anyway, let's get to the answers from yesterday. Um, Josh let it off with, uh, as long as it's optional, sure. People can do what they want. I don't want to be 120. Yeah. I'm like, man, I've seen, I've seen a lot of shit in 40, 45, I guess. But, um, man, double that shit's going to go downhill exponentially. So I looked at, um, I looked at Corey's grandfather who was 97 years old and saw the stuff that he saw in his life um both good and bad and wondered he uh often told us he was ready like he was ready to be done like he had seen it he had seen enough got there got the t-shirt came back and uh he was good he was good so i don't think he wanted to live to 120 either um kyle says as i answer this question with a cigarette i'll probably i'll say probably not it's not going to be something that everyone can get. It's going to be something that elite can use and be in power forever. Um, yeah, and no. I think I think um, that's already happening. I don't think anybody's living to be 150 or anything like that. But I think that there is definitely a, a two-tiered system uh, for uh, medical advancement. So, yeah, you might be onto something, Kyle. Uh, Scrambling says, always the right answer. Run what you brung. That is all. Uh, he says, it's a game. You choose the avatar before you appeared. Uh, the game is run is to run your character the best you can. A pawn can, a pawn can capture a queen if played well. Oh, Brian, how much, how many, um, how many uh, bong tokes did you rip before you uh, threw that one out there? I love it. I love it. But man, you are on a different level sometimes. And I appreciate it. I appreciate um, the input from a different perspective like that. Norman's trying to get under my desk. I'm sorry. I'm trying to pay attention to block him out so he doesn't go under there and lay down. <laughs> That's what I deal with. Uh, I, um, I, I re rebutted, uh, not rebutted, but uh, answered a question here and it got into my notes, but it, it, this is where I was saying. So I, I am saying keeping people alive maybe longer than they should be just because we can doesn't mean we should. Does it mean we should? James uh, replied directly to that and said a question he's asked many times while working on patients. Am I actually doing the right thing? He says, I've never brought anyone back from the dead, but people who have come back say it's better on the other side. And uh, if you know who J Xavier Hawk is and if you listen to much of um, much of his commentary or content, uh, you know, he was dead for a little bit uh, when he was younger and came back. Uh, and he will talk talk pretty much openly about uh, the experience. Look it up. Look it up. Josh, uh, Josh threw in another answer after after I uh, put that out there and said, to be honest, I'm in favor of voluntary euthanasia. Uh, as long as the person is an adult and of sound mind, making an educated choice, not promoting eugenics or anything, but, but why is it merciful to put a suffering animal down and not a human with horrible quality of life? I'm not against this learning ways to improve our health and prevent disease. If that exceeds if that extends life, so be it. But, if I was chronically ill and needed assistance to be alive and functional, just let me go out with grace. 
Yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, Corey and I have actually, um, Corey and I actually have discussed this. Um, the the morbidly obese situation where it's just so far out of control you're like 700 pounds and can't move um or the um maybe like a um, als als uh diagnosis or a, a lou gehrig's disease i believe it's the same thing i can't remember als as als yes um cory had a class was uh als too ACLS, that was it. Um, I get all these little acronyms confused, but in that in that moment where you're losing physical control and you're just trapped mentally and you can't do anything about it, and it gets to the point where you can't even control the muscles to speak, you're basically trapped inside your body. I think we've communicated what we want done at that point. And I think um, either one of us would do it for the other just because we we respect them. Um, Canadian Farm says, says, I don't begrudge anyone trying to extend their life. There are limits to how far I would go to do so. Correct. Uh, Blueberry says, I agree. Suicide should not be illegal to jail someone for failed attempt is kicking someone when they're down. Yeah, that's kind of messed up, isn't it? I understand that it's not the normal Christian view but it is a part of the free choice giving to us. Yes, it is. It is. It is free choice. Um, Dawn uh, weighed in and said, it's not about the quality of years. It's about, or not about the quantity of years. It's about the quality of years. I'm happy to keep on living as long as I can fend for myself. And that's kind of where I was getting at with that uh, 104 year old woman was she's still rocking. She's still rocking. And everybody thought she's been dead. Um, she was going to keel over. This was going to be last Christmas with grandma. And man, she just keeps showing up every year. Uh, Carson says, as terrible as it sounds, part of me wonders if the pandemic uh, and whatnot are nature's way of saying, fuck around and find out. And Josh brings up an interesting point, which I uh, might consider adding on the list for future questions um, some some way related to this. But he uh, he said, when do we get a good one uh, referring to a pandemic that actually calls some weakness then? Um, not just this three years of spicy cold and uh, and nobody really other than the the already sick and and um, weak being affected. Which is horrible. And it's and it's a touchy subject to talk about because, you know, you talked about COVID and the fact that it was um, the mortality rate and um, and things like that. And it was killing weak people that were already in a position that they were going to die. My 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 family, my father um, was very cautious of COVID, probably because if he had contracted it uh, at, at a severe time, it would have probably killed him. Uh, we've had, we had family members on Corey's side that, that contracted and they were, they ended up dying from it. And then we just thought about the whole situation. We are like, well, maybe he died with it because of it, but not directly. So, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we know, we know the propaganda and the use of, um, the disease and the, and the heartstrings. Um, it comes into play when making decisions on, on extending to people's lives. It's not about the person. And that's what it always comes down to is it's not about the person that's staying alive. 90% of the time, it's about the people that don't want to let go. And that really, when you put it that way, it sounds really selfish. It really does. Um, we made that connection with a dog and Josh says it, you know, why is it, why is it, um, humane to put down a suffering dog? And not a suffering human. What's the difference? Think about it. Anyway, that's been another episode of the Perfect Cup uh, daily question and answer. I uh, look out for that question for tomorrow. Be sure to drop a comment and get included in the thoughts. I will get that out here in uh, the next couple hours after the show and uh, post it around social media. Be sure to check out the perfectcup.shop where you can get all your premium air roasted coffee needs. I uh, like 
what I drink on the show every morning. You can find the Perfect Cup blend. Hit that perfectcup.shop and then follow the portal all the way over to for Food Forest Farms, where you can use LOTS5, L-O-T-S-5, as a coupon code to get 5% off anything at the site. I appreciate listening, and now back to the full show. All right, all right, let's get back in these comments. I was uh, I was looking at here, um, <laughs> Backwards Butchers throws in a uh, <coughs> uh, 50 Shades of White, back to uh, my nickname. Uh, mm-hmm. all right, Robin, you have a good day. Um, uh, sorry guys, scanning a lot of comments are dropping in. I think they were doing it. Um, <laughs> Kyle said COVID definitely made the buffet line shorter. <laughs> oh. Gingerbread says daylight savings takes out people on the edge too. Yeah. I don't know if that's purposeful, but my whole life, every time the time change, both spring and fall, I would get sick for a week. Like no shit. Um, it's weird. Our bodies need, need uh, pattern routine sleeping cycles and that to stay healthy and reset. And I don't care if you sleep four hours or you sleep six hours, or you sleep eight hours. God, if you sleep 10, God bless you. But um, you know, when they shift it and that sh- that shift happens, it really weakens people, I think. So huh. get rid of it. Get rid of that shit. Uh, let's get into this history segment. Uh, I'm uh, excited to do this day in history today. I, uh, I kind of scanned through it last night when I was putting things together. Uh, but here we go. All right. It's happy Friday Eve, as, uh, as Pip likes to say. Today's April 27th. And here's some of the things that happened today in history. 1539, official founding of the city of Bogota, New New Grenada, uh, nowadays Colombia, by Nicholas Fetterman uh, and Sebastian de Bia, sure, a German and a Spaniard, um, created, uh, officially founded Bogota in 1539. Colombia is roughly 1.7 times bigger than Texas. Map-wise, one could fit several Los Angeles-sized cities within Bogota. Um, interesting, interesting. Never, uh, never did the whole South American thing much. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, all my uh, all my former contacts were uh, they kind of cut off at Guatemala, Honduras, and Ecuador. Ecuador, I guess, is right on the equator, but that's uh, that would not be South America. 1936, the United Auto Workers, that UAW, gains autonomy from the American Federation of Labor, a cut and paste from Wiki about union corruption. This is not opinion. Well, it's somebody's opinion because it was on Wiki, but uh, (laughs) Ryan Ryan, uh, copied and pasted this. A corruption probe by the Justice Department against UAW and three Fiat Chrysler executives was conducted during 2020 regarding several charges such as racketeering, embezzlement, and tax evasion. It resulted in the convictions of 12 union officials and three Fiat Chrysler executives, uh, including two former union presidents, UAW paying back over $15 million in improper chargebacks to workers' training centers, payments of $1.5 million to the IRS to settle tax issues, uh, commitment to independent oversight for six years, and a re- referendum that reform the election mode for the leadership. Pip's notes, while greatly respecting what some worker workers unions have accomplished in the past, I don't see much good in them today. That or the workers just don't care to work to begin with. Ask me about being part, ask me about my parts that don't get overnight shipped to me for three days while, while still sitting down at the parts dock, but bet they get their breaks. Yeah, um, me and unions, that's my thought. There was a place, there was a time and a place, and now is not it. Um, it just protects the shitty anymore, anymore. Um, higher wages, higher, you know, I can go in and just work harder and, and uh, show my value. And if you didn't have the union blocking my ability to get my own negotiation and my own pay, uh, I think that would be better, but... Yeah, protect the week, I guess. 1981, Xerox Park introduces the computer mouse. 
1981, huh? Xerox Park has been at the heart of many computer developments. That's P-A-R-C, I believe it's an acronym. Um, computer developments, including laser printing, Ethernet, the modem, uh, the modern personal computer, uh, G GUIs, and desktop uh, parag paradigm, object-oriented programming, ubiquitous computer, uh, ubiquitous computing, electronic paper, huh? Uh, ASI applications, uh, and the the computer mouse, and um, the VLSI, the very large scale integration for semiconductors. Xerox was uh, big in the computers, it looks like. Nine, nine, uh, 1993, most of the Zambia national football team lost their lives in a plane crash into the Atlantic Ocean. They were headed to Dakar, Senegal to play in the 1994 FIFA World Cup qualifying match. The official investigation concluded that the pilot had shut down the wrong engine following an engine fire. Wait. It also found the, the pilot fatigue and and a faulty instrument had contributed to the accident. And uh, Ryan was wondering, did the other team win the sports ball match? Just Did they just accept the win? Like, is that a forfeit when the other team doesn't show up, regardless of why they don't show up? And how did the guy turn off the wrong engine? Hey, man, we got an engine fire. Let's shut off the good one. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I wasn't in the, in the plane, in the cockpit doing it. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 2006, construction began on the Freedom Tower in New York City, later named World One World Trade Center. Uh, Freedom, Freedom Tower Patriot Act, it seems like they use words that they do not know what they mean. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, birthdays. Um, <laughs> birthdays <laughs> pip wanted to make sure i highlighted uh this one for all our ham radio folks and i can't really talk about ham this morning because i'm not drinking booze this early but uh 1791 samuel morse american painter and inventor of the uh the co-inventor of morse code i guess you had to have somebody on the other line uh 1822 Uly ulysses s grant American general and politician, the 18th president of the United States. I learned about Grant yesterday. Huh. Cool. 1932, Casey Kasem, American disc jockey, a music historian, a radio celebrity, and voice actor, co-created America's Top 40. And uh, let's see, 1984, Patrick Stump, American musician, singer, and songwriter, lead singer of Fall Out Boy. And that's the day in history. You've been pippinized. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan, for putting that together every day and sending it over. Be sure to check out DuctionCups.com. And I got an email, uh, I got a message yesterday that says, I got some Duction Cup swag on my way to start to start um, bopping around and showing, uh, showing these Jeep guys what's out there, what is out there. All right. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Oh, here we are. Here we are again. Let me roll up in these comments again. And I didn't miss much during the history. Um, <laughs> Renegade Butcher says Morse code was uh, around long before radio. Yeah. Yeah. But don't you got you use you use it significantly in ham, don't you? Isn't that one of the things you have to learn to get your license to turn on a radio? And every time I say radio, all I want to think of is Cuba Gooding, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s mom going, radio! <laughs> no, it wasn't his mom. <laughs> oh, what are we talking about today? Uh, Corey and I went on a big old date yesterday, and it, it was fun. It was fun, for sure. We decided that we were going to, uh, you used to have, Josh says you used to have to learn Morse code. Times have changed. Times have changed. Um, we decided we we're going to go on a date. We were going to go down to Savannah, Tennessee, which is right on the Tennessee River. And um, we were either going to go bowling or we were going to go to a museum. Pretty, pretty, you know, that's the same. Like things. Uh, bowling alley didn't open until three. We didn't know if we wanted to stick around that long and we needed to get some food. 
And we're going to be driving right past Old Hillbilly's Wing Shack, where we got those wings the other night. They We looked it up, and they were open, so we stopped for lunch, got some more wings. It was fantastic. Um, checked out... Uh, no, I think I, uh, on the second stop, we did end up stopping back at Hillbillies on the way home. And uh, that is another story for after this. But um, eating lunch and we're looking around. And I think I mentioned when I was talking about it before, there was, um, there is just shit everywhere on the walls here. Uh, full motorcycles hanging or up on shelves and deer heads hanging from the ceiling upside down. And um, yeah, just all sorts of weird shit. And so we're looking around and um, checking the stuff out. And you look at the ceiling and the ceiling has shit written all over it. Names and dates and names and little funny sayings and this and that. And I'm like, I wonder, I wonder what you got to do. Do you got to buy like, um, you know, a special drink or whatever? How do you get to sign the, the, the ceiling? And Corey and I are contemplating it, looking at what the people are writing. And you really couldn't tell. And so the server comes over after we're getting done eating. And I said, hey, what's the deal? Did you ask? I'd ask. I don't remember. I said, what's, uh, how, do you, how do you get to write on the ceiling? And she says, uh, can you promise me now you're, you're not going to fall off the ladder? Because I'm not going to catch you. And I'm like, yeah. She said, well, I'll go get a ladder and a Sharpie. You can write whatever the fuck you want on the roof. I was like, okay. So she brought the ladder out. Um, man, this is just bouncy day again. I got it. Guys, I apologize. I got to buy a clamp or something for my uh, for my camera. It's going to go again. There it is. <laughs> anyway, so she brings out a step ladder and a, and a blue Sharpie. Uh, and I climbed up. I let her know that I had, um, I had uh, ladder climbing training. That uh, back back in the day when I was working in a factory, um, OSHA showed up for an inspection, and I actually got a compliment from the OSHA inspector on my ladder climbing technique. So I demonstrated it for the people in the bar, <laughs> told them three points of contact and how it worked. Climbed my ass up there, turned around, sat on the top step, and uh, and proceeded to write our uh, write our info on the on the ceiling of the bar. So we are forever engraved in uh, in hillbilly the hillbilly wing shack uh lore on the ceiling and the cool part is all the writings in black up there it seemed uh some red here spotting she grabbed me a bright blue like um um oh turquoise blue I, I can't tell colors baby blue what blue i'll post a picture in telegram group later of me doing it cory cory took a picture of me autographing the ceiling so that was cool finished our lunch and we headed down to savannah um, to check out the Tennessee River Museum. We had looked online. It looked pretty cool. I was super impressed. Five bucks. Five bucks. It was a, a self-guided walk-through museum uh, in the history of the area. The, the Southern Tennessee River Basin, I believe, was the, the general area that, um, that, that, that was that area that they were talking about. Um, not not specifically Savannah. They covered um, uh, Shiloh and um, the area way back in uh, like 10 AD, 10 BC, excuse me. Uh, and they went through all the different time, um, all the different time area, the time periods in history. There we go. There we go. Uh, the mound people. I got to learn about the mound people, which was pretty cool. Um, and then what else, uh, all the way up through the, the steamboats, um, everything in between the civil war, um, the, um, the trail of tears ran straight through Savannah. So there was a big display and, um, got to learn about the trail of tears and kind of the division. I didn't really know much about it. I knew what it was. Uh, I didn't really know much about it. It wasn't something that we necessarily studied much of in uh, Western New York. We, we studied about the, the the natives that were around there, but learning about the Trail of Tears and kind of the division within the Cherokees and how it all went down was uh, pretty interesting. Um, yeah, you might want to look into that. You never, you might want to look into that. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, hold on a second. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> Backwoods Butcher says my old license plate is sent. What? I can't even read this. Did he did he write that in English, guys? I'll have to read it after the show. Um, but uh, anyway, we did the self tour of the of the the museum. I learned a ton. Uh, the the gentleman that was working there, super knowledgeable, uh, helped us out and told us other places we could go. Uh, we could. I mentioned uh, Ulysses S. Grant. Synchro synchronicity. Um, what, what was it? Cherry Mansion. Cherry Mansion uh, was right there. It uh, it was where Grant stayed the night before the Battle of Shiloh, I believe. It was before a major battle. Um, by the time I got to that era in the, um, when I got to that area in the in the museum, I was already kind of saturated with information. And uh, he was telling us as we were going out the door, he's like, you need to go check it out. This is where he stayed. Um, and I said, uh, yeah, probably not going to happen. It was a private residence. They said you could park there and you could like walk down to their lawn and, and it's right on the, on the Tennessee river. And, uh, that's where he rolled in and stayed before the battle. And then they had the, they actually had the lithograph that got sent back to those people after he got elected. Um, so, oh, I think Kyle, uh, backwoods butcher is talking about a bar in Key West. I actually have uh, I have business cards in a bar in Key West, the one with all the business cards on the wall. And I think my kid's picture is, as his baby picture is there too. Interesting, interesting. But anyway, um, what a what a fascinating thing to walk through. And for $5, I'm guessing we will probably go back before we leave the area. Um, it was a lot to take in. It was definitely a lot to take in. I think I could go faster through some areas and um and slow down in others that we kind of got through pretty quick i thought we were moving quite rapidly through and then realized that there were three groups of people that passed us in the in the walking through the the museum and i was like well maybe maybe we were taking our time we spent an hour hour and a half there and it probably could have been a lot longer so we wrapped up there we decided we were not going to go bowling and we turned around and headed towards home and decided we were going to stop for a couple adult beverages at Hillbillies again, since it was on the way. We feel uh, pretty comfortable there. It's a biker bar. It is, um, the staff is pretty rough and tumble. I don't want to say rough and tumble. Uh, just don't give a shit uh, like you'd expect at a biker bar. Uh, and uh, they welcomed us back. They recognized us uh, from this would be our third time there. Started talking to some customers. We were sitting at the bar. The bar has like five stools, I think, maybe six. And uh, it was in the middle afternoon on a Wednesday, so there weren't a whole lot of people there. And we we're talking to the the um, we we're talking to the bartender, and she's like, "So, what are you guys up to?" I said, "Well, she's on vacation, so we're day drinking." <laughs> and the guy next to us, one of the other guys at the bar, was just like, turns around and goes, yeah, "Me too." <laughs> so. He was out riding his bike around and got talking to him. Turns out he is a instructor for the state university system. And he instructs um, machining uh, for the applied sciences division of the University of Tennessee. And he was just out for a ride on his bike. He was telling me how they can't get students. Um, he needs students. He says the other big problem is companies are hiring his students before they finish and teaching them the rest of the way while being paid. He says he can't keep his class full because he says, what was it, a 16-week program or something? It was something stupid short um, for what you could be making coming out the door. And he said, you get, I'll have my class, and it'll be three, four weeks into the class, and these companies are, like, finding my student roles and offering them jobs because they would rather teach them than wait. I was like, that's pretty impressive. And then he invited us to do something that I was like, <laughs> yeah, no, not a fucking chance. Um, and by the end of the conversation, I was willing if Corey wanted to do it. But the dude skydives. And um, he skydives for one of the biggest with one of the biggest um, 
one of the biggest clubs in West Tennessee out of Memphis, the West Tennessee Skydive Club. Is that what it was called? Something it was simply it was something blatantly obvious um, that we could we could search it. Uh, but he went up. He was telling us that he went up, did one tandem dive. And at that point, he knew he wanted to do it. Now he's licensed. He's a, a licensed coach. He is not an instructor. He's a coach. And I guess there's a difference. One, you can take people on tandem dives. The other one, you can um, instruct them how to do it, but not as actually um, jump out of the plane with them. But you are showing us videos of uh, skydiving. I was like, huh, this is interesting. They go up to uh, 14,500 feet. 145. Uh, this is uh, just shy of three miles and, uh, and dump out of the plane. He did three times uh, last Saturday. So that's what he says he does. He says he basically watches the weather because all he likes to do is ride motorcycles and jumps out of planes. And I'm like, hmm, interesting. Told me he was a motocross guy. Still does it a little bit, but was big, big into motocross. Um, yeah, I'm guessing he's just an adrenaline junkie uh, and talking to him for the day. That's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. Gingerbread says, no, thanks. I've scraped people off the ground. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I, um, uh, <laughs> Josh says the West Tennessee pushing people out of the plane society. Yeah. Um, it looked really peaceful. And so the funny thing was, um, Corey says, well, how long, how long does it take? He's like, oh, I don't know, like 70 seconds till you pull the ripcord. Boy, Okay. And she's like, how long, how long until you hit the ground? Like a couple more minutes. He's like, it's over. It's over really fast. He's like, that's the thing I hate about skydiving the most is it ends too fast. And I said, well, 70 seconds is quite a while. I said, and if your chute doesn't open, you got another probably 70, 50 seconds to contemplate your life before it's gone. And he said, yeah, it, it goes pretty quick. <laughs> he said, especially, especially if you, uh, especially if your chute doesn't open. Uh, looks like the looks like most of the crowd is uh, saying that's a big pile of nope. And once I got the cojones to go, I'd probably do it. Corey's like, yeah, not not gonna happen. I'm like, cool. <laughs> like, I got I got to be tough, and she's gonna keep me from having to do it. <laughs> it's expensive. It's expensive. Uh, he said that he is pretty sure that the tandem jumps right now are about 250 bucks a person, and if you want video. It's another, um, it's another hundred bucks or so. But he said the video is pretty cool because they get uh, at least one person jumps with you with their camera on them, and they uh, circle around you in the air and take and take uh, outside video. It's not like on your chest watching what you watch. It's actually filming you next to you falling through the air. <laughs> Josh says, isn't skydiving basically realizing everything you hate about flying on purpose? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Oh, man. But he was super cool. That guy was super cool. We met a bunch of cool people. We ended up giving one of the employees a ride home. I think we made friends. Um, when you are talking to the, the employees and they're like, hey, uh, where, where are you staying? We're talking about where we were. She's like, Oh, do you know where the Dollar General is in the this next town that was in between us? Yep, drive right past it. She goes, "Is there any way you could give me a ride home? I live right next to that." Sure, why not? Why not? Josh says I might jump out of the plane if you pay me two hundred and fifty dollars. There is that. There is that. What else do I have on my list here? Oh, oh, one thing I didn't mention about the museum. This is on my list, actually, but <laughs> talk about this and then wrap up real quick. Um, one of the things I got a couple of pictures of, and I don't know, Corey noticed it, so I don't know if it's uh, everybody, um, everybody would notice this or make the connection, or if Corey noticed it because of me um, and what I do, but I noticed it uh, immediately. I was able to take a picture of a few gravestones in the museum. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. There were two different displays. One was um, 
One was in the display with the Civil War soldiers, and it was actually, um, it, it seemed like it was probably the precursor to dog tags. Um, it looked like, it looked like they carried a metal um, grave designator, grave marker um, with them. So when they died, they could stick it in the ground where they are. That's what it looked like to me. I have to look into it more, but in the display, it was showing what the soldier carried. It had like the lighter they carried, the the mess kit they carried, um, the their weapon, playing cards, all all the stuff that's on their body. And one one thing was a metal grave designator, and I was like, huh, interesting. So I took that picture. We kept walking through. Um, we kept walking through the um, the cemetery or the cemetery, the museum, and we got to the end of the Civil War um, section, and there was a display about the the woke the woke crowd and CSA and disappearing history, and it had a couple of examples of the metal grave markers that uh, basically have been disappeared. People have gone and stole them, pull them right out of the ground because of, um, I guess it hurts their feelings that the Civil War happened, that the Confederacy was there. Um, they weren't men, you know, they weren't just men doing what they were told, what they thought was right at the time by that standard. And uh, it was just a way to remember them. They had to go and desecrate it and pull them out of the ground. So the, the museum was uh, lucky enough to preserve some of those and have them on the wall. There was also a uh, replica of the monument for the commander at Shiloh that was that was killed, uh, was mortally injured. It told his story. It had the time, the date. Uh, I have a picture of it. I'm going to do a little section on my grave accounts, my uh, my headstone accounts about the two things we saw there. And um, yeah, it's a little bonus content. So that was cool. That was cool. Um, paths crossing, I guess in two different areas i would have never thought we were getting content um from the from the museum regardless because it was something that we were doing and it was very interesting and then the the cross uh the crossover to a different uh different genre altogether in a different hobby which is cool which is cool i appreciated it um and that's kind of all i got for the day and um yeah we'll get you that item of the day item of the day today is the anchor 337 power bank power core 26k it's got 26,800 milliamps. They have other versions. They have bigger versions. They have smaller versions. This is the one we like. It's the one we picked up when we originally uh, when we originally did it. And it is something we use quite often. Um, not so much with us here as we have shore power. But when we're on the road, um, when we're on the road and we have solar, and the solar's cranking away at uh, positive 30 amps, come and charging the batteries. We'll throw these anchors in. It barely blips at all. It charges them up. And then at night, if we want to charge our phone or if uh, we get a, a cloudy day and we want to charge our phone and we're on solar, we don't have any power, we don't want to hook up the generator, we have these anchors. And they're great. Great little things. They're portable. Put them in the car. Um, yeah, love them. Can three charge up to three devices at once. There is a link in the video description. Check them out on Amazon. I believe there is a link to a review. Eh, I think. Maybe. If not, if not, I just told you all about it. I just told you all about it. Anyway, even if you don't need an anchor, click that link. Head on over to Amazon if you got to do some shopping today. As long as you click that link and get in the tracking, you will uh, you will help benefit the Lots Project and help support us a little bit with uh, every purchase. We get a little kickback. Josh says anchors rock. They do. They rock um and uh, all the different models this just happens to be the one that i have used personally and personally recommend haven't used any of the other ones so i'm not going to uh not going to say yes or no but if i have to say anything about anchor i'm guessing they are just as good as this one and that's that guys that's that it's been another episode it's thursday uh swing back tomorrow we'll have friday fun day friday 10k giveaway friday 10k giveaway friday you could win yourself 10,000 sats by just showing up and uh, putting in the magical hashtag when it gets announced. 
I already have on my notes, not to forget. I totally forgot last week till the end. Hey, good morning, K-Bonk. Thanks for getting here. Uh, show starts at 6. Uh, James shows up at 1 in the morning. K-Bonk shows up at 6.50. That's my crowd. That's my crowd. I love it. I love it. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I hope you guys have an awesome day. Sorry, I'm going to cut and run K-Bonk. Then you just walked in the door. I'm going to get out of here. Uh, as always, you can find me at thelothproject.com on Twitch, Telegram, YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, Gab, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Fountain.fm, and all the other podcasts, 2.0 Value for Value Exchange podcast players. And I'm um, growing that Nostra account, just growing, puddling along, pedaling along, growing it, getting it bigger. Uh, so if you're on Noster and you haven't uh, followed along, be sure you check it out over there. If you're like, what's a Noster? Get a hold of me. Get on my YouTube channel. You can find it. You can fi you can get it set up. It's pretty easy. And I think it uh, it definitely is going to swallow all other social medias. I just have a feeling. And a lot of other people do, too. I'm not the only crazy one. Anyway, guys. Hope you had a great day, making an awesome day and circle back and we'll catch up with you on Friday.